Hello and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe Diverge. And I'm Chris Hatfield. Chris, or Chris, Gabe. <laughs> um, I'm drinking a gin and tonic. Gin is a thing in Maine. It took me um, six months, seven months to figure that out. Um, but I'm leaving here in a month and I figured out that there is a awesome selection of gin in Maine. So yeah. Um, thought I would share what type of gin? gin? What type of gin are we talking about? Like what, what's making this, what's what's making the, the main gin special? Looking at this bottle, it says Blue Barrel Distillery. This is Maine Christmas gin. Um, so I'm pretty sure there's like pine needles in this. I don't know. It's it's really nice, but they have like lavender gins, they have all these different types of gins. Interesting. That are, yeah, they're real nice. But I mean, I, gin gin is a very floral liqueur or liquor not liqueur <laughs> it's not a liqueur but you know it is i just never like i never knew that people drink it straight like they do bourbon i didn't i, I, I get i guess i imagine that you know maybe some other countries that happen because i know that happens with vodka um yeah yeah it, here there are a lot of people that do that, that that drink it the same way you would drink bourbon and it it feels very weird to me for it to be you know, in the forties, probably in the thirties yes. by now and to be drinking a clear liquor, but you know, it's not bad. So we're back though. Um, it's been a little bit. It's been a bit. A lot of stuff's happened. Yeah. I had COVID. <laughs> <laughs> you, did, you did have COVID. I had COVID. I got COVID. Um, it's been like two and a half weeks now. Um, I tested positive on my 30th birthday, which was super lit. Nice. Um, that was, that was unfun. Um, but you know, it was mostly a cold for me. I'm fully vaxxed. Um, if you're not fully vaxxed and you're never had COVID, I would recommend getting fully vaxxed because it was legit a cold and like, I mean, colds aren't the greatest, but definitely wasn't the worst thing in the universe. Um, yeah. my wife, you know, she had, you know, probably worse than I did. Uh, luckily, our kids didn't get it, which uh, was is a is a minor miracle for sure. Um, but that's why we didn't have an episode in the last uh, two weeks because I was sick and trying to recover, and then you know dealing with not getting kids sick, which was not ideal. <laughs> yeah, that's my my wife's um, sister. She was in the same boat as you, trying to not get her young kids sick as well yeah. she had it recently i need i still need to find a place where i can get an antibody test because i would be curious to find out if i if i have them because i, well, I feel if, pretty if you're vaccinated if you're vaccinated if you're vaccinated then it's oh it's yeah yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> I'm really dumb for saying that um we wanted to talk a little bit before we start about harlow uh Huge, the, yeah the, the the nice news that came out today and we're recording this tuesday night um and earlier today jack harlow uh announced what had been rumored um what had been whispered um you know we we we, we had heard we had heard through our channels that this was coming and that you know it, when he didn't announce a date on his tour for louisville everyone assumed something big was happening but you know there, there were rumbles for sure um announced five five hometown shows in one week in five days, the middle of December, um, starting the week off of the Palace and Headliners on Tuesday, the Z-Bar show on Wednesday, 
Um, right. A show at Mercury Ballroom on Thursday and then closing it out at Paris Town Hall on December the 18th, that Friday. Um, Chris, I I I think that Z-Bar Wednesday show is going to be the hardest ticket to get in this town in a long, long time. It <laughs> they, is, go on sale, they go on sale at 10 a.m. tomorrow and there's going to be the pre-sale. Some- the pre-sale. Okay. Um yeah. I've heard a rumor that you can't purchase the you can't purchase presale tickets outside of the city. That that Ticketmaster oh. is going to cancel tickets. I'm that I just saw it on I saw someone tweet it out. That might not that might be 100 percent false. Interesting. I have to make sure the VP, VPNs going. Well, the, or that you, you just have to use an address that's based like 58 miles. I think is what someone said. I gotcha. It that's was one of those like that. Harlow fan accounts. Like I don't know. Yeah. It it might have been 100 percent. You know, <laughs> not not the case. That's interesting. Um, um, I, no, I would say, you know, Z Bar headliners um, would be the probably two that are going to be the most difficult to obtain. Parasite Hall is a really nice. Hall is a really nice venue. I get why he chose it last, but like, there's not like a there's not like a history there. You know, like we didn't grow up going shows there. Um, so like, I get why, like that, I feel like that's, I mean, that's going to be the grand finale. If you're thinking about like what other local acts have like done at shows, you know, you would assume that if you want to like see something, a different kind of spectacle, I think Friday might be your best bet, but I'm not like with the, with the collective type situation. I would agree with that. I'm going to try to go to two if I can. I am too. I'm going to try and do two as well. I'm going to try my ass off to get that Z bar ticket, but I feel like that's going to sell out instantly. Right. Um, you, but you'll be in town, right? Yeah. I'm coming back the 19th. Um, so my first thing will be Louisville Kentucky football game. Dude, um, about to ball out. We're about to, we're about to ball <laughs> out, man. It's going to be a fun time. I'm just going to be kind of chilling for a few months. Oh yeah. Dude. Um, so I'll be in and out of Louisville and Athens and it's looking like at some point in the next year that our, our move will be maybe to Boone, North Carolina, actually, Ooh. which is really, really funny for a lot of reasons. But in North Carolina in general, for sure. <laughs> um, but, you know, closest to Boone, just like Scott Satterfield, as I can get, um, <laughs> would be ideal. So but for the next, you know, next three months, I'll be I'll be hanging. We'll be, you'll be hanging. we got plenty, plenty of what we'll talk about. This is going to be a... a, a Primarily basketball, almost exclusively Louisville basketball podcast because um, Louisville starts its its you know basically its season in earnest. Well, I mean it's it's preseason um, with an exhibition on Saturday. Who, who is it? Simmons are playing Kentucky State. Kentucky State. I'm sorry, my mistake. Kentucky <laughs> um, State and then Georgia State, I believe, on Wednesday following. So, you know, we're starting to get some, um, you know, we had the media day today and, uh, you know, we're going to talk about that sort of part one of our Louisville basketball preview. We're not going to do all of the fun superlatives, record predicting, all of that stuff. That'll come, that'll come after those games, uh, after those um, matchups. But, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's hit it and let's talk some Louisville basketball, Chris. Coming to you from inside the Waterson Expressway. Greatness started in Louisville, Kentucky. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe DeVerge. Louisville is the greatest. And we're back, Chris. As I mentioned, this is our part one of the Louisville basketball preview show for this year. Um, 
you know, the, the, the cards, they went to ACC media day late last week. They had the local media day today, Chris. Um, we had the red white scrimmage over the last weekend. We're starting to get a preseason narrative building up. What, um, what have you made? Is there anything that's jumped out before we, we, we dig right in? But is there anything that's jumped out to you um, about Mac or Malik Williams, Sherrod West, you know, Samuel Williamson talking? Um, who is there been anything that jumped out to you about how and maybe changed your priors or reinforced what you think this Louisville basketball team will be this season? Well, there's there's tons of things. Um, I think the biggest one is right now just how committed that Chris Mack appears to be to Jarrett West. Every time he gets in front of a camera, he talks as fluently as possible about him. I, you know, when Jarrett West came here, I was excited for him to be here, um, viewed him as a starter from day one, but not as we got into the season. I viewed him as the type of guy that would come off the bench, you know, once you got to conference play and you, you kind of got L. Ellis into the system um, and, and comfortable playing. And I still think that has an opportunity to happen, um, but I have been a little surprised just how much he's been beloved by the coaching staff. Um, so that's probably number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, something that we hit on briefly before we got on the podcast was just how exactly Chris Mack's demeanor is. He seems, you know, he's always kind of ultra fierce type dude in the season. But that seems to be a little bit tenfold this year. Um, For sure. He's just pretty intense every time he speaks. Today was the first time he actually kind of laughed and joked around with the media a little bit. But up and up to that point, it wasn't a guy who was joking at all. Um, so that's that's the other thing. And I think the other thing, um, you know, is how competitive it appears that the Matt Cross Samuel Williamson thing is going to be. When Matt Cross came here, I kind of viewed him as a wild card. I probably said that a few times in my podcast. No, he's a really good shooter. I've been a bit surprised on how much they have spoken about his ability to create off the, or on the ball and put the right. ball on the floor. Right. I'm not sure he's a guy who's going to drive to the lane and, you know, throw it up and, and do some stuff like that. But I, he seems like a guy that's a good facilitator. I, I didn't see that, um, but that's good. So, yeah, those three things. Um, the Malik Williams stuff is kind of – a whole separate conversation, but that's definitely going to be something that we're going to have to juggle, which, you know, we already knew that. Um, so yeah, those are probably my three things off the, off the jump that I I've been thinking about. How about you? Yeah, no, I, I think what you mentioned about Chris Mack is, is probably the biggest thing. It, it, I, I think since the start, since the, I mean, even through the whole Dino Gaudio thing, since the end of last season, it has been clear that not making the tournament this year, this past season was incredibly like a a huge gut punch to Chris Mack. And um, I wanted to see that manifest in a variety of ways. I think it's just been, you know, sort of a, a, a an angst anger type of thing sort of a you know he's been more intense it seems like i've heard that the practices are more intense and you're definitely seeing that in the media day just like you know just like you said um, i i did enjoy seeing him cutting up i think the local guys the local media able to get him to cut up kind of kind of you know you know, be have a little more fun today. Um, AZ Media Day just looks, he just, it, 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 I didn't get that vibe from him. I just, it was, it was a business sure. meeting. He was there and, you know, um, it is what it is. Uh, I think that one thing, and we'll, you know, 
Ross McMaines, um, the other huge story, I think, coming out of this offseason, we haven't said his name yet, is, you know, the, the commitment. It's clear over the 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 scrimmages, the talking that, that we've seen publicly and what I've heard behind the scenes. They're committed 100 percent. You and I joked we were we didn't know if Chris Mack was really going to give the keys over. And he 100 percent did. And and even, you know, you know, Ross McMaines is, is someone asked today, you know, is he is he really the offensive coordinator? And Chris Mack said, yeah, that's what I, when I hired him, I brought him in and that's what he's been. And he's brought a ton of this interesting experience. I've heard, you know, some of the folks who were at the practices talking about how he's bringing some of that player personnel development. You know, this is a guy who was a shooting coach for, um, for Clay Thompson at one point and being he's, he can connect with kids. And it seems like that's been a huge benefit um, in these practices. And I think you're also seeing some of the growing pains, uh, you know, rolling through, I have the Chris Mack transcript in front of me from today. He mentions you have your good days, you have your bad days over and over. So there's definitely, you know, as excited as I am to see the Ross McMaine's offense, as I am to see these newcomers be injected into this team that that needed an injection of new life, um, it definitely seems like there's probably been some growing pains, some struggles and practices. You know, Jared West, his stats aren't great from from Saturday. And, and you know, we talk, you know, we're talking about him 100 percent. He's going to be the, the starter and, and, and there's no uh, no inkling that he isn't going to be. Um, but. But, you know, definitely seems like there's been some, you know, some some issues. There's definitely, I'm sure, some days where it's like, oh, my God, this is clicking. This is a top 15 team. And there's some days like these guys are going to struggle against Georgia Tech. Yeah. <laughs> and and um, and I think that's and, and as we're going to talk about it, we think the ACC's you know people aren't giving enough credit this season, um, and it's going to be a little bit better than what we you know what what it's been the last year at least. I think a lot of that stink is kind of sticking on it. Maybe some of the football stink. Um, so you know it's it's going to be really interesting to see which Louisville we get, how long it takes to get that better version of this team for sure. And it's it, I'm glad you brought up Ross because. You know, one of my things is it, it's not like it's not an overly complicated system. It's glorified pace and space, more or less. There are also different concepts that are different from that, but it's playing with good pace. It's playing with good spacing. They're not wanting people mm-hmm. to come to the ball, to go on ball screens, and do things like that. They're wanting people to stay in space. But it's one of those situations where if you're going to play with this, and you're going to play with that great pace. You can't play it like half measures. You have to go all in. And that was my biggest fear is that there was going to be one foot into the concepts and one foot out. When you do that, it's just a nightmare. I, something I thought about, and, you know, I, I likened it to UK football because they went through a similar situation with bringing in Liam Cohen, who's kind of tried to revamp their offense is if Louisville's offense kind of looks the way that Kentucky's offense look in football looked like early in the season, I'm pretty sure that we're going to be pretty critical of the system and saying that they're kind of not what I wonder about in this conversation is how long we're waiting around to say, okay, they're really not doing this or how long we're going to wait around and say, Hey, this isn't working. And what those breaking points are, because if, if, if you go all into the system and, you know, you drop a few games, maybe you lose a Mississippi state, maybe Mm -hmm. Herman is a team that plays you a lot closer than you expected. Maybe you go on the road and and lose Michigan state, all things that could very happen. What is the breaking point 
for Chris Mack to say, okay, this is a really big season. If I don't fix this now and I don't break away from this now, um, you know, I, I may lose this season. So that's something I'm curious about. No, it, it, it's going to be really interesting. I, I think I think that's a great point that you mentioned. Is it, it sounds great now, but what happens if if there's some bump if there's some big bumps along the way? Um, what changes? What you know? What what will happen? It, it's it's the the Ross McVeigh's part of it is fascinating to me. I think it's clearly the most interesting story um, outside of just this general like this is a make or break year in a lot of ways for Chris Mack, which, which we've talked about. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter what we think. It's kind of already been put that way by a lot of fans. So I I would agree with you. Yeah. Well, let's, let's dig in a little bit, Chris. Let's, let's talk about a few specific things. And uh, then, then we have a fun game to, to, to go over after that. Um, I wanted to quickly talk about the fact the ACC preseason poll came out. Um, today, you know, was taken by everyone who was at the media days. Um, so a lot of, um, you know, a lot of tobacco road folks, as, as we like to joke about, uh, Louisville was put in sixth. Uh, they received one first place vote. Um, <laughs> do you, you, do you have your guess for who the one first, we don't know for sure. We, we've already pretty much established that it had to be Jody Dimlin, but the only like real wild card other than Jody Dimlin is, I don't know if Katie George gets a vote, but that's someone tweeted that out, and I was like, you know what, Dan, that that could be that it. could be um, it. It could be Katie George. Was she was she there? Do we know for sure if she was there? I really don't know, honestly. The only thing I listened to was Mac, who spoke for like eight minutes and sounded like he was held hostage at the podium. <laughs> um, so yeah, I listened to him and Mike Bray, and those are the only two people I listened to talk. So I, I really don't know, but you know, outside of that, it had to be Jody, right? Probably not a ton of Louisville folks actually went this time. So, yeah, um, yeah. They, they really were like in and out. They went that morning. And then I think I saw like the tweet them leaving was like 2 p.m. <laughs> like back on the plane. It was like, wait a minute. You just got there. No one wants to be in Greensboro, right? Is it Greensboro this time? <laughs> I'm going to guess. It's yeah, cool. I think so. Um, anything I don't have, I actually don't have that like in front of me, that top six, which I I thought I did. Um, Malik, uh, Malik Williams got a second team, all ACC preseason, uh, preseason selection, which sure. (laughs) Um, well, let's, let's, let's look at the, let's look at the poll really quick. One, uh, first was Duke second, Florida state, third, North Carolina, five, Virginia, fifth, Virginia tech. Louisville at sixth, um, a small gap to Syracuse at seven, and a big gap to Notre Dame, NC State, and Georgia Tech, rounding out the top ten. Um, you know, you 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 know, as a you know, as as a student of the of the sports book, you you've you have your ideas and your thoughts on on what the ACU looks like. What any any tidbits you want to drop? Uh, you know, North Carolina Honestly, getting like, way too much respect. I know is, is sort of one of your your takes yeah. rolling into this year. I don't think North Carolina is going to make the tournament. Um, I don't think Virginia is going to make the tournament either. Mm. But outside of that, is like, Kia Clark still on still on Virginia? I don't I don't think he is, but it doesn't really matter to me. Um, he is. I, he is. Know, he, he, is, is, is he is. He is. He is. He's like the only dude on there. Yeah, he is. He is. He is. Um, you know, and Armand Franklin from Indiana—that's their backcourt. So you know, whatever you want to do. With oh that. yeah. Um, um, 
you know, I think Notre Dame's better than advertised. I think Syracuse is probably better than advertised. I think Virginia Tech's really good. I have more of an issue with like the back end of that that nobody really cares about. Pittsburgh would be the worst team in the league if I was choosing. Um, I'm not really high in NC State. Sorry, Jeff. Sorry, Jeff, about that. Yeah, like <laughs> just, just just weird stuff. Um, but yeah, really like Notre Dame. Really like Virginia Tech. You know, obviously I like Louisville a fair amount. I think Duke's pretty much the best team in the league, which is going to be funny because it's going to be trendy to talk about Coach K getting too much love because it is a farewell tour. But this season, I do think Duke's actually legit. Um, so there's that. Yeah, Paolo you know, Manchero is like legit as hell. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I, I, I think they're good. I think they're going to be Kentucky by like double digits um, from square one. And that's not necessarily a reflection of Kentucky. I just don't think they'll be they're just very kids, good Chris. They're one. just kids. That's what John's yeah, going to tell us. Exactly. They're just kids. Um, there's that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I just wanted to point that out. Obviously, you know, kind of kind of a, a bigger news. It's, it's, it's going to be such an interesting ACC this year, I feel like. I don't know. Like last year, it was, it was like bad, quote unquote, but I feel like you've got just dudes in interesting play. It's like, it's just like a the next like two to three years are going to be such like an interesting time of change for this league. Sure. So, I mean, you would assume and, that Bayheim and Bray are probably retiring the next three to five years. So like, yeah, you even take a, you take a team like Notre Dame. This is probably one of the better teams that they've had in four or five years. And if they can actually play defense, they could legitimately contend for a top four seed in the ACC. Right. I don't think I don't think they're going to play defense very well, but they're also going to put up, you know, eighty points a game, mid eighties, uh, in, in some spots. So right. that's going to be hard hard for any team to contend with. You take a team like Virginia Tech. I mean, Mike Young could be the best coach in the ACC after mm-hmm. K leaves. That wouldn't be crazy to say. They got Storm Johnson from where is he from? Um, UNC Greensboro, maybe. Uh, Walford. Walford. Yeah, yeah, you're right can shoot lights out and just put like a guy that literally you couldn't imagine a dude that would fit more perfectly in their system than a guy like that. So yeah, you're right. Like it it is going to be an interesting time of change and interesting year now. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I completely agree. Um, I had my notes right in front of me. Excuse me. (laughs) I wanted to talk, uh, you know, anything else on, on that poll. Um, no, I, wanted, no, I'm good. I, I wanted to talk about Chris Mack's response to the NCAA. You know, we haven't had a pod in about two weeks. Um, we had our little, we had a, a Twitter space when the NCAA stuff came out. We had this rumor from a subscription service here in town, a message board um, that, you know, Chris Mack was going to be out by the end of the season because of anger in the administration about the NCAA and the handling of the Dino Gaudia situation. And um, I was just really surprised when Chris Mack, I think it was at ACC media days where he was asked about the NCAA and he was just like, I'm going to fight this tooth and nail, like to my like dying breath or something like that. And um, it just was like, it was, it, you know, we've been talking about like, you know, he seemed like he was held hostage, but like I, I saw that, you know, I watched that part of that video and um, I was just like, whoa, like it's like he sort of perked up here and it seems like he was like super mad. It just like 
I don't know. It, it didn't strike me as someone that's just going to roll over and, 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 and well, you know, obviously the words aren't, he's going to roll over anything. Did you make anything of that, Chris? And, and what, what do you think, you know, we can talk a little bit about that rumor that ended up the, you know, the person who put it out said that it wasn't, maybe their misunderstanding or wasn't really the case. Um, that, that is what it is. I didn't see any kind of legitimate reporting about it. You know, just, just look at, just the common saying, you know, a major university coach is going to be fired by the end of the season and then being like, my bad. Maybe that's not exactly what they meant. Just, just that little misunderstanding. Um, as far as, you know, Chris Mack's attitude and things like that, I think you're just looking at a guy who's ultra competitive yeah. um, and, and a guy who is already a little annoyed about the way things have went at the end mm-hmm. of last year. And in general, kind of the aftermath of what it caused a guy who had to fire, you know, a duty coach with for 30 years, um, a friend and someone who tried to extort him. Um there, there's nothing there. It's just been a, it's been a rough off season in a lot of ways. It's been a good off season. They've brought in a lot of talent. They've, they've addressed the things they needed to address. But it's also been a trying off season. I'm sure for him as a person. For sure. Um, so I, you know, I don't make a whole lot of it. I, I do think that Mac doesn't really trust the media as as much as some other coaches may have at Louisville that have been more personable and I've talked to other people. And I think that's reflected on, you know, the way people talk about him. I'm not sure he's as well liked as a guy like Ripetino was because he was much more chummy with the media. So I think stuff like that just comes through when he talks. And that was just another example. As far as like fighting with my last breath, like, I I don't know what the fuck you're going to do, bro. I mean, you can do whatever (laughs) you want, but what's there is there. Whatever you do is not really going to matter. You know, I'm happy to hear it. I'm sure fans would love to hear something like that, but the the reality is it doesn't really matter what you do. Um, But yeah, you know, I don't make a ton out of it. I think it's a dude that's that's fired up and, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, pretty pissed off about how things been handled and what's been said. And it really just wants to prove people wrong. And I think that's something you got to be excited about. Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, it, 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 it's hard. It, it, Mac is definitely, you know, the vibe I've got is, you know, like you said, he, he's, he's been a little, he's been way more angry. I think just not making the tournament also, all of these things kind of rolled up in one. We're, we're, I think we're definitely getting a little bit different, you know, a little more intense Chris Mack, which we've talked about, and we'll talk about a little bit more here in a bit. Um, but, you know, like you said, I think I think fans love to hear it. Um, it it'll be super interesting to see, you know, if that kind of – what it manifests itself in. It's, it's, it's weird because you've got like this – this I, I think you're getting like this Chris Mack that's angry, frustrated, you know, is is going to be more nose to the grindstone about things. And then he hands the keys off for his offense. to like this random kid who's been in New Zealand. It's like right. such like an interesting dichotomy that I like keep coming back to um, and, and was why like I'm like, you know, I, I, I don't think he's just going to be like Ross stop talking about your offense, but it's just like, at what level does the head coach just be like, <laughs> you know, I feel like at one point it's just like, I've, this is on me. It's my behind at the end of the year. Um, you know, fans, fans are, are, this is the year for me to make or break, um, you know, what fans I think are really going to think about me. Um, so 
I know winning cures all. And I think he, his will to win this season is, is, it is a huge part of um, his performance. Um, and, and, and what he, you know, I think it's, if we're going to see some stuff for sure, just because they, they want to win. They, they, it's, it, they've had every card stacked against them um, in a variety of ways. And they've definitely toppled over the cards themselves um, to turn the phrase, but you know, it, it's going to be super interesting for sure. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've shown you, I'm not going to say some of the stuff he said, but I've shown you some of our exchanges that I, I've legitimately had with Chris Mack personal mm-hmm. and the things you've said, like it, it is a dude that's just tired of the noise. And I, you know, I can't blame him mm-hmm. whether it's, whether it's people talking about, you know, former players being not welcome, which is not a real narrative. It's something that is not real, whether it's the whole Dino stuff and how, yes, Chris Mack made some false moves. He made some decisions he probably regrets, but at the end of the day, he's still the person being extorted and it wasn't betrayed that way. And then you have the whole NOA stuff, like all that mixed in one. It's a guy that's pissed off. I think yeah. you're right. It's yeah. not, it doesn't have to get more complicated than that. And it, you know, it, it is, it is a really interesting thing about how you're you're in your biggest season ever. And like you said, you're you're turning the keys over and you're revamping your offense. And based upon some of the rhetoric over the last few days, potentially revamping your defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're doing that all at once. It's like, holy shit, all this stuff's happening at once. And it's the most critical year in your tenure. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, I, 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 yeah. We, it's going to be super interesting. That's definitely a more to come thing for sure. Um, other other notes we wanted to talk about, you know, we, you know, th- this podcast has long been a Samuel Williamson believer podcast. Um, we, you know, we, we, we brought you our takes on his rebuilding of his shot. Um, we, we want to see our beloved burger boy do great. Um, but as you were tweeting, you know, sort of before, after the, the, the red white scrimmage and, um, you know, Sam Williamson had his kind of moment to talk in the media over the past week. It really does seem like, you know, there's so many forwards, there's so many guys at the two and three and four position, um, you know, and, and the way this offense works, you know, there could be some questions about minutes for Samuel Williamson and what his role is. Um, and, and as we kind of joked before the, we started recording his time in front of the microphone kind of felt like him selling himself and, and talking about, you know, sort of what he brings to the team and, and sort of an interesting way. Cause you know, he's definitely getting more competition in his position with Matt Cross and he's, ever gotten at Louisville. Um, so what do you, what did you make of that, Chris? And, and what's your, uh, what's your prior for Samuel Williamson going into this season? What are you looking for? It's going to break your heart that Matt Cross is coming for Sam Williamson's minute, but I think he <laughs> is, um, you know, you, you talk about what he was talking in front of the mic. He, he, he legitimately said, like they asked him about, you know, what some of the changes that, that have uh, happened in Chris Mack. And he just kind of hampered on shooting, shooting, shooting. And I think it's one of those things where, where Sam knows he's probably not like the best shooter and he sees mm-hmm. other guys in practice and they're significantly better shooters than him. And it, it's one of those things where it kind of probably buries in his mind. Um, he really showed himself defensively. He's like, man, I'm a much better defender than I have been before. I think you're going to see that. And 
kind of really, like you said, he really just sewed himself kind of, I'm like, if you ever get the chance, we don't have the, the technology right now at the moment to play this stuff on here. At some point, maybe we can do that. But if you do get the chance to go back and listen to that Sam Williamson press conference, I think you can hear what I'm talking about rather than more of me saying he, he kind of does go out of his way to talk about the, the stuff he's improved upon. I, you know, I think that battle is really interesting. We, we continually make this habit at Louisville of getting these elite talents that are a little self-conscious. <laughs> and I think like, I think Sam's one of those dudes to where Mac talked about it today. You know, he misses a shot and he, he probably thinks about it longer than he should. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask you, I, I was going to ask you if you want me to read that. Cause I have it right in front of me. Yeah. Well, how many times have we heard that about McDonald's all Americans that have came to Louisville, whether I'm not comparing the dude to BJ King. I don't want to do that to Sam because he's not, but you heard that, you heard that about BJ King. You heard that about Wayne Blackshear. Like when I, when I heard that, I was just like, man, like, it's a McDonald's All-American, so of course they're going to have confidence issues. You can read the quote if you want to. Go ahead. Yeah, he just said um, it was on on his message to Samuel Williamson how he's responded. Sam's always been a worker, et cetera, et cetera. Um, whether it's rebounding, setting a screen, sprinting in transition, communicating on defense, there's so many things you can get lost in the game that affect your team in a very positive way. If you're thinking about – is my shot too flat? Why won't it go in? Then you're not fully immersed in that other stuff that I'm mentioning. You hurt your team. That's been my message to him. He's put in the time. That's a small fraction of the game, but let's be great at the other stuff. I think he'd tell you that he struggles with that at times when his mind is on the other stuff. He can be as good as he wants to be one of the best small forward rebounders in our conference. And that's what we're hoping that we get from him this year. It goes on to mention the offensive system. There's good days and bad days with him concentrating on the little stuff, not the big things. Um, he's dominated pack practice, but conversely, if he starts to think about other things, we have a day like he did on Saturday where I don't think he was at his best. Yeah, you can't, you can't be up and down in year three. Right. Like you just got to be a guy that comes every day and, you know, kind of leads the team and it is the consistency guy. Because when you're talking about consistency issues, you're talking about that with L. Ellis. You're talking about that with JJ trainer. You're talking about that with, with other, the younger guys who have still learning, you know, to bring mm -hmm. that work ethic every day. And I'm not sure it's a work ethic thing with Sam, but mm -hmm. mentally, dude, you got to be there yeah. and you got to know there's a guy that came in from Miami and he wants to play. And he's going to, I mean, he's bringing something to the team that you don't have. So you better work your ass off to, to showcase the stuff that he doesn't have. I, I think the situation is truly interesting because ideally you're looking from, from 30,000 feet, you're probably looking at this roster and saying the best lineup would be L. Ellis, Locke, Sam, Weathers, Malik Williams. And if they were on the floor together, I would know that those people have reached their ceiling. But when you hear stuff like that, it, it does kind of make you think, like, what if Cross turns into this elite shooter and he kind of, you know, some of the stuff that has been spoken about, he kind of lives up to those things. Mm -hmm. Is he really – is that – is what he offers in the shooting make up from everything else? Is his rebounding's not going to be as good as Sam? He's probably not going to be as good as a defender as Sam. But does the shooting make up for all of that? And you know, I don't know. 
I, I have to wonder about that because they've brought in so many other shooters that I think could, could kind of fill that gap. I, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm still, my my takes on this, I'm still kind of limited because I'm just a little surprised that the battle is more, is as competitive as it seems to be competitive. And I'm trying to figure out if that's a reflection of Sam or if that's a reflection of just how good Matt Cross is. It's a great question. And a question I think, I I don't think we'll have an answer to it for several weeks, you know, so into the season. Um, But definitely one of the biggest questions going into the year for sure. And, um, you know, I think you're right. I think Matt Cross and and, and on Saturday, you know, definitely looked like it's. I, I I wasn't able to attend the game, but everything I saw, it's Matt Cross has been really been able to show his on ball, his as well as his off ball, and and um you know that adds another element and and sort of what I told you, you know, we talked a little bit before the pod about this. It's like at what. Samuel Williamson does so many of those other things. Well, like Chris Mack mentioned, he rebounds well. He shoots he shoots mid-range jumpers so well. When he's trying to do things like be a 34% free three-point shooter, does that take it, does that take away from the things that he does great? It's tough. Sure. You know, it it, it really is tough. Um, but something definitely to keep looking at. But last of all, I wanted to kind of talk about this kind of other big story uh and you actually you you specifically mentioned this chris is the point guard situation um you know we've talked about jared west chris mack has mentioned jared west at all times he is a um a point guard or um he is a captain of the team he's clearly going to be the point guard on day one but you know you know you have been the the king of the lls bandwagon and I, I have heard also independently that LL sometimes just does some things in practice and you're just like, wow, this guy does things nobody else on this team can do. And potentially Louisville's ceiling is as high as L's ceiling is. Um, so what do you make, you know, what, what's your prior on the, on, on the, on the point guard situation? Um, you know, we also have the, the Faulkner kid who came in kind of late and we're still kind of not knowing to hear on that. What, what, what are your thoughts about point guard situation moving forward? I think Faulkner can be really good. I'll get that out of the way, but I think it's a little different with him because I, I think that he can play both the one and the two. So I do feel like he's going to get his clock regardless. I think Ellis and I definitely think Wes are a little bit more hamstrung to the one. Um, I, I think Ellis could play the two if you want him to, but I think you'd rather just have him on ball. I don't really see Jared West as a guy that's going to play the two very much. I don't think he's a good enough shooter to do that. Um, but obviously, if you're a point guard, you can still move over there if you need to. Um, as far as, you know, Jared West, when he came in, I already talked about it. I viewed him as a guy that good defender, all-time stills leader at Marshall, that is whatever. Um you know, Mac talks about how good of a defender he is blowing up ball screens on ball, stuff like that, which is weird to me because I'm still trying to figure out, you know, are we going to be playing in a pack line defense or is this going to be totally different because they've talked about, you know, him, him picking up full court pressure and stuff like that. But if you're going to be playing pack line defense then his on ball pressure, isn't as big of a deal because you're, you're not really going to see it as much. Um, so I'm trying to kind of figure all that out, but it's kind of the same stuff as with Sam and Matt is I'm trying to figure out if him starting from day one is more of a reflection of how good he is or how L. Ellis isn't what they expected yet. It is not a surprise to me that he is starting from day one, but I think, 
I, I kind of think that we're we're driving towards a point that we did with David Johnson when he he had that Duke game and you know he blew yeah. up and he got to the point where I was like, okay, now you have to start David Johnson. I kind of think we're getting there with LLs because I do feel like this team, you know, this team say with Jared West, they can be a tournament team and maybe they can win a game. Great. But I think with a good L Ellis who can reach his potential this season, I think that they could be a second weekend team and the lead eight team, that type of deal. Right. I don't think they could do that with Jared West, even if he's as good as he can possibly be. I just don't, I don't think he lifts this team enough. So my like conversation about this whole stuff is, is built around, you know, what, it, what's holding back LLs. Um, is it the turnovers? You're, we're we're, we're going to commit more turnovers this year than we did last year, just because you're playing a lot faster. It's going to happen. So is it something like that? Is his defense? Like, what is it? And, and, you know, how, far away is he from being in that starting rotation truly competing for that because i think you would ideally like to have him taking over the reins maybe the week before the kentucky game maybe Mm -hmm. the week after the kentucky game Mm -hmm. around december at some point at that time you would really like to see hard and fast competition there at that role and um yeah another note on Jarrett west um something kind of random i'm not gonna tell you which player it was, but I will tell you that a Louisville player came in to Louisville this year and was surprised that Jarrett West was his competition. Like didn't, it was like kind of like scoffed at the notion was like, this is the guy that I'm competing with for playing time. So well, you've told me the story, man. so I know who it is. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's not really that hard to figure out. It's one of the guards, so it's either L. Ellis or Mason Fogger. I'm not going to tell you which one, but I mean, it's one of them, obviously. Um, or No Luck could could be him. Could be um, No Luck. No Luck said yeah, he so, wanted to be on on Baltimore. You know. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it, it could be any of those guys, but I don't know if that was more of like a competition thing or a guy who's just like that full of himself and that confident in his game. I, I don't know, but that's something the person who told me that I, I have no reason. And Patty Mills is just following right now. He's got like seven threes. Um, <laughs> I, ha, I have no reason not to doubt that person. So that's fun and, and really interesting to me. And it's kind of been sticking in my brain the last few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've got, I just, I, you know, I'll let you go along there. Cause you've been, we have had this like versions of this conversation, like, five or six times and it's um i think it's i probably the biggest single personnel question for this little basketball team um i, I think you're 100 right I, I think in terms of lls being the ceiling and you know it, it, I, the comparison to to david johnson is so great because god that was such a such a fraught time for this fan base and that's he's not the he's not the same player as as david johnson i want to make sure that that's no 100 percent. but like that comparison is so is so apt um 100 100 so apt i loved i love that you use it i'm so interested in seeing where we go um from here and you know and and you're right you know i think i i think jared west is a is He's he's more of a Christian Cunningham than he is a a, a Carly Jones. 
you know, yeah. if we're if we're wanting to to do some comparisons, I definitely feel that way. So it'd be super interesting um, when we get to that moment. What you know, if you had to, if you had to guess, let's just you know, I don't know if you have the schedule in front of you. Um, when's it. the when's the David when is the David Johnson moment for for L. Ellis? When is the this guy should be starting? this guy should be playing 23 minutes a game when he was only playing like 16 moment. Let's see. So we have a few opportunities here. Um, one would be at Michigan state, which yeah. is funny because that would be Chris Mack's first game back. Mm-hmm. And if, that, if he just comes in and starts making wholesale changes and it's like, hello, you're getting 25 minutes clock tonight. That would be funny. Um, I could see at Western Kentucky because that is the, the game before Kentucky. Right. So ideally, obviously at Kentucky would be, that's also the, uh, that's also as, as you joked, uh, with me earlier, that's all Tuesday, the the, December the 14th and Saturday, December the 18th are the two games during the, uh, the Harlow week of shows. Yeah. Definitely gonna lose one of those games. There's a non um, there's a non-zero chance Chris Max like, listen, you can't go. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one would be January 8th at Florida State. Um, because that that Florida State situation, that seems like an LLS type game because he is the most athletic guard that Mobile's had since Donovan Mitchell. Right. I feel pretty confident saying that. And Florida State. Truthfully, I've said this a hundred times, they don't really do anything super impressively defensively. They just make you go to the rim on them, and it's really hard to get to the rim on them because they're all super freakish athletic. But if you do get to the rim on them, you can have some success. Um, so that could that could really truly okay. be the game where he kind of balls out. I could see that. So any of those, you know, at Florida State, at Western Kentucky, at Kentucky, at Michigan State, all of them on the road. That's great. I love it. That's good. I appreciate I appreciate that context for me. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I like that. I like that that part. Um, anything else on 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 point guard or any of these these anything you want to throw at me before we get to our game here in a minute? I mean, I want to know how committed they are to playing Blake Williams. And we haven't even mentioned Blake what, Williams. I think this is like the third time we've mentioned him. <laughs> That's probably a mistake. <laughs> what that looks like, because. You know, last season he has an injury and you have the excuse of had to play Jaden Weathers at the five. Then you get to like February and you're like, man, I got to stop playing Jaden Weathers at the five when you could have been doing that the entire season if you just would have realized that Malik Williams is super injury prone. And, you know, you could have been mixing up guys against scrubs, but you didn't. And you kind of had that issue. So, I, I'm super interested to see how that's juggled. Um, you know, I, I think they're putting a lot. Of, I think they're putting a lot of eggs in the Malik Williams basket. More that, eggs that, that than that I personally me. would put. That concerns me, but I don't know what you do with a situation like that because he is a fifth-year guy, and you're happy that he came back, and you you want to give him the full opportunity to be the player that you think he can be, but at the same time. If you're playing him 25 minutes a game against southeastern Louisiana and against 
Furman against Navy and all these teams to where you could be throwing other guys that makes a play in them 20 minutes a game. And that's just wasted time. So, you know, I, I want to see what that looks like. I would like to see, I don't think too highly of him, but I would like to see Sidney Curry get a lot of clock in some of these games just to see what you got there. I want to see JJ. 300 pounds, Sidney Curry. Right. I mean, everybody um, knows how I feel about JJ Trainer. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go on that. You're not getting me on that soapbox today. I'm just, we can say that for another day. I've, well, we're going to get on it in a couple minutes. So you know that, <laughs> um, I mean, I, Chris, we can say this, you know, we've definitely heard that, that Jalen Withers is, he, he's not gotten reps in at the five in a while. He's going to be, he's going to be at the four. Like he's going to be at the four. The team expects him to play the four. They expect Malik Williams. It seems like he's the healthiest he's been, but how healthy is that? Um, is just a question. And it's scary. I'm hundred percent with you, Chris. That's scary to me. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's, I've heard a lot of, I don't want to say excuses, but a lot of stories on why Malik Williams hasn't been healthy or things didn't work out for him. And I think he's just an injury prone dude. And it's just concerning for sure. Um, that one kind of one maneuver can lead to him being out for another six to eight weeks or eight to 12 weeks. It's tough. And it's not just, it's not just him being hurt. It's all the time. You could have missed playing someone else instead. Right. So like, I don't know. It's, it is tough to, to balance. And that's something that I'm not envious that I don't have to figure out because it's, you know, Louisville, whenever they had him on the floor, was it at North Carolina or at Duke, one of the two right. last season, was probably the best they'd look. And, you know, obviously, if you're going to say, hey, this is Malik Williams and he's fully healthy and I know he's going to be here for a full season, then I'd love to see the Duke play. He's a great defender. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he his offensive game has improved. It's still not – he's not a huge offensive player. He's an emotional he's center can, for this team, uh, you know. Sure. I mean, he, he can go get a double double every night pretty much. You know, he definitely can go get 10 rebounds every night, and then he'll, he'll be flirting with the double-double more or less all the time just because of hustle plays and putbacks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You're not going to run the offense through him, but he, he's going to get his points. Right. So, like, it, it's tough, man. It's tough to figure out. Um, we also didn't mention um, that Max said today that Jalen Withers was pretty much exclusively playing on the perimeter, <laughs> which is – all right. <laughs> That's yeah, cool. it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty wild. I, I mean, I think, um, I I think they 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 really love what the, what they're seeing out of Jalen Jalen Withers, and um, you know, you've you you have been on the corner. Jalen Withers is the is the pro on this team. Uh, I, they, I think they're really potentially seeing a breakout from him and and a real high level season. I'm, I'm really excited to see what they do with him in this offense. Super stoked to see. Yeah. It. I think he can be dominant for sure. Um, let's get to our little game. Chris it's, it's over unders. It's not, it's not anything special. Um, but you know, we have five over unders. We wanted to go over um, that we've kind of brought up and I'll bring them up one by one. Some of them have been talking, they, they touch on the things we've been talking about. Some big questions for this Louisville basketball team. So the first one, Chris, Samuel Williamson's three-point shooting percentage over under 30 and a half. I'm going to say under. Um, Got to see it. 
before I believe it. Okay. Also, but it's also tough because I don't know how many threes he's going to take. So maybe he makes like 40, but he only shoots, you know, 65 or 70 or something like that. Uh, Here, let's, let's, let's look at how many he took last year. Um, Really quickly. What does that mean for the team under and what would it mean over to you? What, what, What would it be? As far as wins, like, what does it mean for the team? Like, overall, here, I'll tell you really quickly. I have he took uh 36 threes last season. Yeah, I was a totally guessing the number, but I was he, close. I'm proud he of took myself. 27 the year before that. So, let's yeah. say, I mean, what we think we over under over under 48 and a half threes. Yeah, I mean, he's I think he's definitely taking more than that. I just feel yeah. like I, I feel like the narrative this off and maybe and maybe he stopped like halfway through the season. It's just like it's not working and he's done. But I, I feel like the narrative this offseason has been that he um, is trying to improve the shot. And I think he's going to let it rip over, especially for this first month. I think he might hit 30 within the first 10 games, <laughs> or, you know, like the first you know, five to 10 games. So um, it's definitely a question. You're- you're probably right on, you know, him just kind of letting it rip on that. I think it has one of been one of those things that has became a theme on this team is this shooting ability. It's not for me personally, not really a one or really even one A to the questions I would like answered on this team. But right. sure, if he can shoot the ball well, it elevates this team. But I think there are other things that more elevate this team more than him. I think they have enough shooters and I think they can find enough ways to incorporate those guys. But you're never going to turn around a dude who can shoot 35%. So yeah, that would be awesome. Okay. I, I just, just for, just for me, you know, I believe in, I got to believe in my guy. I'm going to go over. I think he's got, <laughs> I think he's going to get 31, 32%. I think gotcha. he's going to get there. I don't think he's going to be a 35% shooter, but I think, I think he will be a guy that when he's open, you feel, you feel decent about it getting hit. I believe in my dude. But, uh, one of your dudes here. JJ Trainer minutes, minutes per game, 11 and a half over under. It's a really good number. Um, I'll say slightly over, but I think it's close. I think he finds a Mac doesn't obviously like what he's seen from JJ Trainer mm-hmm. yet this, this season. I don't think there's any secret to that you can listen to a press conference and he talks about him like an angry dad when (laughs) when he speaks about him to me like but i i do think at a certain point in time he'll find it it, it's funny because like today he mentioned his defense and how that was like the thing holding him back but in a lot of ways he posted some of the best defensive numbers on the team last season. And David Johnson had the worst defensive numbers on the team and he led the team in minutes right behind Carly Jones. Right. So I, I, you know, I, I know they play David Johnson out of necessity sometimes, but I'm not sure how really true that is. I think that might be code for something else. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, but to answer your question, I think he carves enough time out to, to go over on that mark. He he had. I just wanted to hit. He had thirteen point one minutes per game last season. Just wanted to note that. Um, Jordan Moore, Jordan Moore, thirteen points um, right now. Five rebounds uh, and an assist. How many? Uh, how many? Uh, how many points for Kentucky players in that game, Chris? <laughs> I'm trying to find. I, I don't uh, see. Struggling, it. struggling to see that. Really got a question 
Yeah, I Jordan Moore you... to 22 minutes. Look at that. Listen, wow. listen. This is a, this is the year. This is the year for Jordan. Uh, yeah. I saw someone tweet out uh, it's Jordan Moore time quote Jordan for Jordan Moore, and I had to tweet out we stand a Nigerian king. I, I know no this is sorry Jackson <laughs> Frank of the uh, of Dime Up Rocks and, and Liberty Ballers Philly fan. Get out of here. I'm, I'm just. I don't care about you. Um, JJ trainer over under 11 and a half. I, I, I'm going to go under Chris and, and I'm going to go under because I, I, I think that's more going to be an operative of Jalen Withers having a great season of hopefully Malik Williams staying healthy. I think that there's a path for JJ trainer, not getting minutes. That isn't like his fault. If that makes sense. And I, I think, to be quite frank, I don't think that's the worst path possible for this Louisville basketball team. I think J.J. Schreiner has a high ceiling. He's a raw talent. Um, but I think, you know, he might have an NBA guy in front of him at the four and then Malik Williams, who's just not going to play or who's not going to come out. And if if Trainer gets, you know, 10 minutes a game, I, it's, I think it's going to be a push. It's going to be around there. I think it's going to be lower for sure than his 13 minutes, but 11, 12, 10 minutes a game. I feel like, I don't know, man, like I feel, you know, he gets that time and then Wheeler and Curry kind of, kind of spell, spell in at the, at the five and, and, and maybe some of the four. And I, I, I don't know, like, I loved the fact, you know, I, I love trainers game. Um, I feel like he's a guy who's going to become incredibly beloved his sophomore and senior seasons, but I think he's just kind of got this weird in between where um, he almost like came in a year too early to this program. If he was like a year later, I think he would be a guy we are just like, Oh my God, this guy's the next guy but he's kind of going to languish maybe for another season, which is kind of just frustrating because, you know, they, I'm not going to compare Well, I am going to compare this team to Gonzaga, but please understand why I'm doing that. I don't think this team is near the same amount of talent of Gonzaga, but I think the comparison is that for what I'm about to say. Chris Mack has made it pretty much crystal clear that he is not going to concede toughness to play players. And I think toughness in college basketball in general is a bit overrated. Right, right. Obviously, this team has lacked it, and we've talked about those things, and we talked about, like, having a vocal leader and things like that. I don't necessarily, like, mean toughness in that respect. I think those are two different things. Toughness of, like, being overly physical. I, I don't think you have to be overly physical in 2021 to play college basketball. And when you can put J.J. Trainer on the floor at the five, you have literally everybody on the floor that can shoot from three and can make a shot anywhere on the court. And you can do that with Malik Williams, but it's a little different with them. With J.J. Trainer and Jalen Withers, you have two guys that can pick and pop at any point, and they can make those shots at an assistant basis. And having those two dudes on the floor and being able to do that and stretch the floor is something that 90% of college basketball teams don't have. They don't have a five and a four that can shoot 30% from three. And J.J. Trainer and Jalen Withers can maybe shoot better than that. Right. They have. Right. And limited data, data set, but they have done that. So that's the frustrating part for me is I, I think you have the potential to truly run, 
you know, a four out system and you have the perfect type of dude to do it. But because Mark Williams dropped a double double in the ACC tournament, you, you know, you don't even want to give the opportunity for a guy to do that. I, I, I think Chris Mack is really bothered the way the ACC tournament end. And that's something that's going to stick with him. And, you know, I can't blame him for that, but it, it is going to frustrate me. I do think that if J.J. Trainer averages less than those minutes this season, I think he'll be gone. I think he will transfer from the University of Louisville. Yeah. And I think that would be a bad look um, for a legacy player to do that, for a player of a high school coach who played at the University of Louisville to do that. Um. You don't want that to be the reason why the guy plays, but I think you should take that into some consideration. So, no, I don't. I don't I, think I. I none of nothing there, you're saying there, is wrong. Nothing you're saying. There are people. Is wrong. I mean, there are people in recruiting circles that think JJ Trainer is a pro. And yeah. if you talk to people locally, guys that speak on the radio and things like that, they don't even talk about JJ Trainer. And to me, it's just mind blowing. Like I look at the guy and I'm like, yeah, he needs to gain some weight. He's small. But go watch an NBA game. I mean, mm. like dudes, uh, dudes that are undersized are, are doing things all the time, and you can pack on the muscle. That's not a thing. That'll happen eventually. Like he needs to do that. But he he does a lot of things that you cannot teach. And you also have why I'm so strong on it is you have that, then you have the added benefit of the analytics behind it. I mean. It, take away garbage time and he had the highest plus minus on defense and offense yeah. for this team last year. So like, you know, I'm, I'm going to come with it all year on him. I'm not going to stop talking about it because I believe it. Yeah. Unless there's some, unless there's something to, you know, truly move my opinion that moves me off of it, you know, him playing really bad or someone overperforming him, then I'm probably going to be preaching about it all season. I think that's fair. I, I'm not. Listen, listen. Uh, you know, we love JJ on the pod. We 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 believe in him. I I I, I don't want to lose him. I don't want to lose him. I, I I'm just concerned. I'm concerned that 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 there's a path. I, my concern is that there's a path that he's behind a wall and it's not even necessary. Like you said, it's like Mac is about tough, you know, quote unquote toughness right now. And I'm with you. I, I, I do hundred percent think I would rather have finesse, finesse skill, pure talent, raw talent, pure playmaking ability over toughness. But that's just like the weird college basketball thing. Right. And I, I definitely, I definitely think there's a path for him. I think the path for him to get 20 ish minutes is unfortunately th- through an injury, which listen, Malik Williams is injury prone. So it's definitely very, very, very possible, potentially likely in some ways, unfortunately. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see. I, it's um, I want to see him. I want to see him succeed. Cause I I'm right there with you. We talked about it so many times seeing him succeed. is so fun seeing him in those early games where he was just really just had a natural knack and feel for the game. It was so clear and so fun to watch as a Louisville fan is, and you know, we love our local, our local players here. So there's no reason why we wouldn't want a guy like that to succeed for sure. It's the very interesting question moving forward. And um, yeah, I hope it works itself out for sure. Um, The next one we've got 12 and a half team turnovers per game over under Chris. 
I'll say over at whether it's 13 and a half. Um, we did the number before they averaged 11 and a half right. last year. They're going to play faster. It's going to be something you're going to have to live with. Um, Wolves fans are going to be so mad. They're going to be so yep. mad at losing the ball. Yep, yep. They're going to be looking at box scores and be like 15 turnovers. Like, what are you doing? Um, you know, and, and there's going to be a few games where it's going to look bad. Just, you know, it's going to look bad. They're going to lose games and it's going to be ugly and they're going to have like 19 turnovers. Like, that's just what's going to happen. It's going to suck, but it's going to happen. And they're going to win so, some games. They're going to win some games with 17, 18 turnovers. Yep. And they're going to win some games where they score, you know, 95 points and the other team has like 88. And you're just like, man, man, there's just no defense being played, but that's gonna how it's going to look in times. What you hope happens is that the defense catches up and by the end of the season, both are playing at the same type of level. Um, yeah, so I'll just say over on the turnovers. You know, yeah, just a reflection I, I'm, I'm of the style game. Over as well, and I think we just got to prepare Louisville fans. You know, we're gonna. How many times we're gonna hear on post game shows? So many turnovers. So many turnovers. Yeah. You're not gonna have it. You're, you can't have it both ways. You can't both have high tempo. You want it. You want an interesting, exciting offense that moves the ball quickly up the floor, and then also, you know, someone that can take over the ball like NBA level handles. Like it's just not gonna happen, especially with college kids. It's gonna be sloppy at sometimes, especially in the beginning. Right, they're they're one of these games against these nobody teams. They're going to have twenty turnovers. I'm telling you right now, so just prepare yourself for that. Little fan, I, I you know I think I think we're smart enough basketball fans to know what that might mean. Um, we'll talk a little bit about tempo a little more in a little bit, but wanted to point that out. Next one, this is a fun one. Chris Mack ejections over under zero point five. He's getting ejected from a game this season. <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind. Has he been ejected from a Louisville game? I think he's been ejected from one. I was going to say, I, I, I feel like I remember that. And I feel like it was like a local school. Miami. Like Western Kentucky. Miami. Miami. That's what it was. Was it Miami? I see. I, it came up on a video, Miami. Okay. I, the problem is I'm getting everything about the suspension. <laughs> The troubles of being a Lowell fan. Um, he, oh, he's definitely he's definitely going to eject her for a game this season. I don't think there's any question. It's going to be so funny. It's going to be so funny. So you say it over too? Oh, 100% saying over. 100% saying over. Okay. I think this man, I think this man, I, I, he's not coaching for his job, Chris. I don't want, like I've like said, like I think it's a make or break season. He's not coaching for his job, but I think this is going to be the first full year where there is just not an excuse. And I think that right. I think he knows that. I think he 100% knows that. So definitely super interested to see how it goes. Um, I don't know. It could be two. It could be two games. I wouldn't be shocked if it was two games. <laughs> <laughs> I would not be shocked. What game? What game would you say it is? Florida State of Virginia. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say Florida State. <laughs> or maybe like they, they play at Syracuse. Yeah. Well, last time they went up there, they got their brains beat in. God, you can see it. Can I get? Can I get a? Like can I get a line on at Syracuse now and just just smash Syracuse? Can I just? Yeah, seriously. Just it just never works out. Like like I think we're gonna be a, a perfectly fine basketball team this season, but it just never works out. Um, last one, Chris. Uh, Chris or Ken Palm 
tempo ranking, overall tempo, over under 74 and a half. It's got to be over, dude. It's probably going to be over. Let's let's be clear. You, you, Uvo was 300th, exactly 300th last year in tempo. And even like past teams that Mac has had has been like, he's had teams that have been in the 40s, probably higher than that at Xavier. So it's not like he hasn't ever played fast in his coaching career. Mm-hmm. So what I'm most interested in, and I was DMing Mark Ennis during the press conference because he was there and I was trying to get him to ask me a question or ask him a question. And he did ask one about JD Trainer, which is great. But he also asked him about balancing you know, I want to use Jarrett West and I want him to bring him up and I want to, you know, have him as a guy that picks up full court pressure from time to time. So how do you balance that with playing pack on defense and kind of speaking, sticking into those principles? And, you know, that's something that I'm really curious to watch is I want this team to be really good defensively. And I'm a little fearful if they completely just abandon, you know, you have all these guys that have spent the last few years learning pack line defense. If you completely abandon that for some high temple defense while to appease the fans, it may be pretty difficult to do that while you're also instilling a new offense at the same time. Um, So that's kind of like a long way to say that, you know, if they are going to be picking up more, more full court pressure, then, that's easily going to soar over. There's no question. Right. Yeah. We'll see, we'll see how much full court pressure they pull up. I, I, every little, I literally got two texts about that, like unprovoked from I don't even fans. care that much about it. Like people are Dude, losing their minds if, about it. Especially like every Louisville fan over the age of like 45 and a disrespect to old people. Um, they just, they, they just, just have it. They haven't they been just bad defensively. I like, don't think I don't was, think Louisville, last year they weren't bad defensively. It was more offense. It, it was more, you know, let me pass the ball to Carl Leak with 12 seconds left and hope he does something. It wasn't defensive stuff. I, I really, I really don't think Louisville fans like understand, especially older ones, that just like it's one of those like these damn kids things. Just like kids don't want to play full court press. And no one's playing full – like, you're not playing full-court press in the NBA unless it's, like, a playoff game and you're down by 15. Um, <laughs> like, it's just – it's not happening. It's not um, – so, it's just, like, AAU, if you want to – it's about AAU game. They're not they're not going hard. It's just about showboating, et cetera, if you want to get your Coach O on or whatever. Um, yeah, but just, like, Louisville fans are so <laughs> – it's the number one thing I hear from older Louisville fans. Like we need to play, we need to press more. We need to press more. I, I think I think Chris are still going to play almost exclusively the um, the pack line and just just the, the normal pack line. Chris Mack is not sh- like like yeah he talked about be- trusting West a little more, but I think that just feels like almost feel like throwing a bone to people in some weird way. I would be shocked if they completely go away from that. Be floored. But yeah, I, I mean, it It feels like an, a whole lot of to do when you're like, you know, losing your coach for the first five games in the season. And you're also saying, hey, let me do a new, new offense. Exactly. Rat it. Let's do a whole new yeah. defense. Yeah. Because I, I'm excited to see that because I, I think if you can score, you know, 
the low 80s, mid 80s per game. Right. And you can also play pack line defense that's kind of designed to let people go deep into the shot clock. You could probably win a lot of ball games that way. Um, right. So I would I I hope they kind of stick to that. Like I said, I I think the defense has been more or less pretty good throughout his tenure here. I mean, they've had their issues, but that's kind of the year that they had the number one ranking was the reason why they did have that was largely because of their defense. So, you know, I, I don't see any reason to completely abandon that or even change from that personally. No, no, I, you're probably, you're probably, I'm, probably, I'm right there with you. Um, it, it'll be super interesting. Uh, we, um, that's the last one I got, Chris. Um, we will have plenty more questions, answers about this basketball season in the weeks to come. I think we said we're going to, we're going to try and schedule a Twitter spaces like for folks like bring it. Maybe we'll do something special. I don't know. We got to do something special. I don't know. We'll think. Sure. I'm just I'm springing this on you now. We haven't talked about it before. Like we talked no, about having a Twitter space, but, but just like an opportunity, maybe. But maybe I don't know. Maybe you bring in someone. That's what I, I'm, that's what I'm springing on you now. <laughs> okay, you are springing. No, I want to know. I want to know. You know how people feel about this team. I think, you know the the number six ranking in the ACC by the media. I do think is a reflection of someone looking at this team and saying. You know, they lost 65% of their offense, Carly Jones and David Johnson. So I, I don't have a problem with someone putting Louisville as the sixth best team um, in the ACC because I kind of know how they how they do that. They're, they're just looking from 30,000 feet right? and, and kind of going from there. I think if this team finished sixth in the ACC, it would be a disappointment. I think this team has the talent to finish in the top four, have them third, um, right behind Duke and Florida State. And, you know, third or fourth, I can flip-flop. But anything beyond that, I'd be pretty disappointed. You know, I today I did – we'll get into the predictions and stuff like that later in the other podcast, but I had them around a four seed. So that's kind of how I feel right now. Um, so, yeah, I want to know how, how other people kind of use, view this team because something that's been really interesting is that the pollsters haven't had them ranked, but Bartorvik – um, Haslam Matrix, all these kind of nerdy analytic sites have had them in the top 25, but the pollsters have. So I, I find that pretty interesting as well. We um, the the first game is on the ninth, Chris. So and you, we've got what the first exhibition is Saturday. The second one, I think, what is Tuesday, Wednesday, right? Yeah, Wednesday. So let's shoot for we'll have a we'll have a pod before then, but maybe the end of next week or the beginning of the first week of November, we'll tweet it out. We will set uh we'll set a time, we'll do mate probably probably eight o'clock. Um and we'll we'll have a little we'll have a little, you know, mailbag kind of hangout. Maybe we'll bring someone in. Um and just, you know, I just want to hear the people. We've done so well with just having the people, so it's been great. Um with, with football. Any any football notes before we we sneak out? We said we we're gonna talk about it all. I think they're gonna lose to Boston College. I think they are going <laughs> to. I think they're going to as well. I just that I was know. that was a that was a loss. They have lost their quarterback, and I don't pretend to know much about Boston College, but I know that they have, you know, good good talent at both lines, and that's probably an issue for Louisville if they lose that game. 
curious to go where the narrative goes. I, I feared that we would run into the situation to where we would be kind of where we are midway through the season and then we're running out of things to talk about. And that's exactly what has happened. We're basically in the same spot with Scott Satterfield and Louisville football. You're a little bit stronger than I am, but we're more or less in the same position. Um, and- it, 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 my, my stronger thing really quick. I, I just wanted to note this. A lot of people were, were so – I don't know what email went out, Chris, that said we're just going to put all the blame on the defense. Um, but everyone took that email in stride. Everyone right. took that email in stride. I'm talking coaches. Uh, I'm talking media folks. Uh, I'm, it, everyone was, was perfectly okay to take that email and run with it. And um, that's fine. If, if that's, if, if, if that's the, the, you know, kind of the back channel thing that's saying we, we don't have the money or we're not going to, we're not going to put up the money to get rid of Scott at the end of the season. That's okay. Uh, but let's not pretend like it's all on the defense. That's just that's my point here. That's fine. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the the defense has had their moments. If it wasn't for the defense, they probably don't beat Florida State. They don't so, beat Florida State, and they don't have a chance against. Uh, uh, don't have a chance. Uh, you know, this past weekend. Um, you know, or this 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 past loss, they don't have a chance against Wake Forest. Um, I don't know. Something weird's going to happen. They're going to freaking beat Clemson or, or Kentucky. I'm convinced of it. I mean, I think they beat Clemson, honestly, because I don't think highly of Clemson. But I think, like, I think, I think that's enough for fans. I think that's going to be enough for fans if they can beat Clemson, because we've never beat Clemson before. So just that's going to mean enough. It's like it's like Joker in beating Tennessee. It's like the, he should have he should have gotten fired that season, but they beat Tennessee, and everyone's like, oh yeah, he's fine. We'll give him an, another year, and look how yeah. that went. Yeah, I think it's the exact same situation. So, so yeah, I mean, it, we're we're kind of the same place, you know. After the Boston College game, we'll talk about them again, but I'm not really sure how any differently we're going to be talking about them for the rest of the season. I hope something new happens. I hope maybe something, something grand and and different happens. Maybe they bring, you know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they fire Brian Brown mid season, and we 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 have that conversation. I don't know what's going to happen, but. Um, Listen, I would not be shocked if Brian if they lose this pass if the, they lose this coming weekend and Brian Brown isn't there. I, I wouldn't be fooled because so, there's got to be a fall guy. It's clear that he's already the fall guy. It's clear the pressure's already on him, and I don't. I don't. It's deserved to a degree. I don't think it's any more deserved than calling out Scott Satterfield for running the damn ball in second and nine every time. It's. it's I think it's just as much an issue. Jordan Moore finishes with 15 and six. Hell Most yeah. disrespected Louisville basketball player that's played in the Cardinal uniform in my life in some time. I'll say that. He should have he should have had a tournament. Should he would have had a tournament. I think should have been treated. He would have gotten hot. I, I don't think you're wrong. 100%. 100%. You're right. 100%. The rhetoric that was used about him when he was in a U of L jersey legitimately one of the best shooters that has played at this university and like has a bad game against you. Okay. And the rest is history, but happy to see him succeeding. Hopefully kind of carves himself out a row for the Milwaukee bucks. I wish I, I mean, listen, the fact that he was already playing right away was a hundred percent shocking to me. Uh, Like, wow. I think he probably benefited tonight with holiday going down. 
they probably kind of shortened. But he's even playing the second quarter with he's playing with with Holiday in the second quarter. Was he? Yeah. So yeah. Nice game for them. Um, Lakers going to play tonight. No idea what to expect from them. Any NBA takes before we wrap this thing up? Um, A lot of a lot of haters of the Knicks. Knicks are going to be even better. I think they're going to be better. (laughs) They're going to be better, and they're going to have a worse position in the playoffs, which is going to be funny. Like they're going to have a worse seed. Also, we we started this podcast and the Braves were 100% going to beat the Dodgers and that has completely reversed in the hour and a half we've we've done this. Cody Billinger hit a big home run. I saw that. Like right as we started recording. So, sorry to the Braves fans. All right, man. This is fun. Good good part one. Thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, We will be back. We'll, we'll, um, I don't know if we'll record before our, 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 our Twitter space, but we'll, we'll talk about it for sure. If, if not, so everybody take care. Uh, hope you're doing well. And, uh, uh, if you're going hundred gex on Friday, you, you'll see me, you'll see me there. Um, I'll be up in that. <laughs> All right, man. Go cards.